0: Hi, everyone. My name is Jennifer Sang, and you're listening to In The Lead. This is episode number six, and I wanted to spend some time today to double-click even further into the highly sensitive person conversation that we've been having over the last few weeks. I've talked about what it means to be highly sensitive based on the research that I've done, the research that a lot of others have done, as well as just from my own personal experience. and last week we talked about what are some of the strengths or superpowers that come along with being a highly sensitive person. There is a ton that can be leveraged and so many gifts that come along with being highly sensitive, but I've also noticed from my own journey that noticing and really cultivating your strengths is as important um, as how you take care of yourself as well because one of the biggest uh things for highly sensitive people to focus on is really that self-care and it becomes even more important and more critical for highly sensitive people to make sure that they're mindful of what they need and what they need to do for themselves so that they can be effective and that they can really use and leverage the strengths that they have to be effective with everyone around them. So today I wanted to spend some time really talking about what does it mean again to be highly sensitive? What are those strengths? But then what do we need to do to take care of ourselves? And I'll, I'll share a few personal stories and some practices and tips that I've learned along the way as well. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation today. And before we get started, I wanted to ask that if you enjoy the show, wherever you're listening please follow the show and leave a rating. And if you want to share something, please leave a comment as well. If you have any ideas for future shows, I'm open to hearing um, your topics, as well as if you're a highly sensitive person, reach out to me. You can leave me a comment or you can connect with me through my website at coachwithinsight.com. And let's have a discussion. I mean, I'm always open to meeting new people and talking to others who are also highly sensitive and how we can help people feel less alone and less like they're abnormal and help people feel like they're normal and all of the things that they feel and sense and go through on a daily basis actually matters. And so that's really the intention behind this. So if you're interested in connecting, Let me know and welcome to the show. So, what are some of the shadow sides to being a highly sensitive person? Because through my own journey, I've kind of noticed that there are these two very strong um, sides of me that almost need to be in balance or they feel like they're always competing. And the one is this very highly sensitive side of me that is very perceptive, intuitive. But I also have this other side of me that almost acts like a general in an army where it senses like, hey, that highly sensitive part is taking over too strong. I need to counterbalance that with something. So it'll be really aggressive. Um, I'll feel uh, a lot of shame and a lot of um, become very self-conscious. So I'll start to really fuel up that inner critic to tell me, hey, what you're feeling is not right. So I find that there's always this like these polarizing forces that I'm constantly dealing with. And the trick is to understand like when you start to get too overstimulated and that highly sensitive part is taking up too much space, how do you dial it back? How do you take care of yourself so that you're not feeling like you're so out of balance, like you're stretching yourself too thin or maybe you're like, you know, a recluse and you kind of turn inward and you don't want to, um, be vulnerable in any way or expose yourself because of maybe that fear of being too stimulated. So how do we notice our own kind of polarizations within us? And when do those things get activated? So the conversation today for me is what are some self-care tips that you have if you're a highly sensitive person, or even if you're not like, what are some things that you do to help yourself stay in this homeostasis that feels very grounded, like you're in the flow, like you you feel kind of calm, the waters aren't choppy. So, what are some of the things that you do? Um, I think that's a really important question to ask, and I feel like it's important for all of us to ask ourselves that question because, again, whether you're a highly sensitive person or not, we all need to understand what balance looks like for us, and what do we need to feel like we're you know in that place where we don't feel really pulled. A lot of times I feel like and I equate I have this metaphor when I think of when my highly sensitive part kind of really takes over is it almost feels like I'm in the ocean and I, it's really choppy water and I'm in this boat and I feel like I'm just going up and down, up and down. I feel seasick, I feel confused, I feel disoriented. I feel um just kind of tired, um, because it's just the constant up and down. So my journey has been around how do I lessen those waves and find a way to have more of a calmer experience. So one of the ways that I do that is I have a practice of being mindful throughout the day. So usually about every two hours, if I'm working, I will, I will check in. I'll take about, Two to five minutes, and I'll just kind of scan my body, kind of see how I'm feeling. Do I feel like my nervous system is just like short circuiting, or do I feel kind of calm? I'll kind of see do I feel tired? Do I feel drained? Um, but I, I'm, I've gotten to a point where I've developed this practice where I do that pretty frequently throughout the day. And I also try in the beginning of each day to understand what are some of the things that I'll be dealing with that day. So if I have certain meetings or maybe certain clients that I know will be a very heavy topic, or I know it's going to be something that's draining me, I try to plan buffers. So not only just blocking out time in your calendar, but buffers and I step away from the computer screen. I step away from all the stimulus. Sometimes I'll just go into my room and close my eyes for 10 or 15 minutes and just really kind of calm everything down. So I try to be more proactive in how I care for myself on an ongoing basis, because what I have found for me is that the more I can do kind of this routine maintenance, I I don't get to the point where the car is breaking down on the side of the road and it's on fire and it's losing its wheels. Like I want to make sure that I'm taking care of my car, my body, my, my emotional state, everything on a daily basis so that I don't get to the point where I'm in complete despair and I need to bring in like the fire trucks and the ambulance and tow truck. Like, I don't want to get to that point. So for me, It's about trying to anticipate and really acknowledge what it is that I need. And I realized that in life, not everything is predictable and not everything can be planned. And that makes sense. But I also found that the more that I practice this on just kind of an everyday basis where there isn't a lot of, you know, disruptions or, you know, possibilities for things to just go south, the more I practice that is I feel like my threshold is a little bit, it's in, I have a, a an increased threshold, so let's say for maybe a week, I've been doing really well, getting sleep, taking my breaks, drinking lots of water, exercising, all doing all the right things, and then let's say one day something happens that's totally out of my control. Let's say your boss um throws a big project on you and gives you a really tight deadline, which for me would be extremely stressful and as a highly sensitive person that can make um the the stress be amplified having those really rigid deadlines, but if, so if I notice that I'm taking care of myself and that comes up, I'm in a much different place to be able to react differently than if say for the last week I wasn't getting good sleep, I wasn't eating well, I wasn't exercising. I notice that my threshold's a lot lower. So even though there's a lot of unpredictability in life, the more we can build that consistency over time with doing these self-care practices, you have much more battery Or energy in your battery, you're not completely drained, and you don't need to run to the charging station to go charge up your car. In an emergency, you're already fully, you're you're pretty fully charged. So, I, I I would encourage you to kind of play with that a little bit, see what again works for you. How how is your body responding throughout the day? Are you always drained by the end of the day? Does it drain you to really stare at the computer screen for more than an hour? What are some things that you can do to notice how things are impacting you? And then what are some things you can start doing start taking care of yourself in those moments? You know, another thing to be mindful of that I feel like a lot of highly sensitive people kind of fall into this trap of being really responsive towards the uh, other people's needs, even if it supersedes your own needs. So if you're one of those people that has the tendency to want to really nurture people and really help and um, almost be like a savior to people. If that's something that really um, makes you feel good and you find yourself doing that a lot, it might be a good time to pause and kind of say, well, what are my needs? Is this possibly response or that my need to help somebody else getting in the way of what I need? Because I know that I've seen this before with other highly sensitive people where they're so responsive to the needs of others that they neglect themselves. So again, We're draining our battery and we're not operating on, you know, full capacity to where we can be really empathetic and be maybe even more responsive towards the needs of others when we take care of ourselves. So again, like everything else, it's a spectrum. And how far do we go on that spectrum towards maybe helping others or um, being responsive to their needs? Um, That would be a good time to ask yourself, am I taking care of myself? What do I need? Um, because I feel like especially with empaths and highly sensitive people, they tend to kind of put the needs of others ahead of themselves. And that that can be an easy trap to fall into because I feel like we do that really naturally. We sense all of these things and we kind of gravitate towards that. But understanding when is the most effective time for you to do that and when it isn't. So how do you be conscientious of your time, your needs as well as being conscientious of the needs of others makes that a really great skill set but again developing some kind of a a practice for how you can not only take care of others but take care of yourself as well now another thing that kind of is a shadow side to being highly sensitive is that because you are so perceptive and you are able to really feel and experience the emotions and the energy from other people it can be really easy to start identifying with those emotions. So understanding when is it your emotion? When is it someone else's emotion? When do you need to really connect with that? And when do you need to put that down? Now I've noticed that with myself as being something that has been a really easy trap for me to fall into because I am an executive and leadership coach. So when I'm coaching clients, if they are going through a really kind of sticky, kind of crunchy situation, it's very easy for me to really connect with that person and really sense what they're going through. And at the same time, it can feel like I'm that feeling. So I can feel like I'm having going through something crunching. I can feel like I'm going something through something really emotional, even though it's not my feeling, it's not my experience. I can really attach to that very easily. So there's a really, I mean, there's a beautiful gift there of being able to really connect with people on a very deep level, but knowing when it is time to kind of leave that feeling or that emotion in the conversation is super important and something that I think is a lifelong journey for a lot of highly sensitive and empathic people, because that. Is our greatest strength. And yet that can be our greatest downfall as well. Because I know when I start kind of attaching to the emotions of other people, it starts to really drain me. And then I start to feel really tired. I start to see my own moods changing. And I've actually had this happen to me a number of times in the last, you know, I would say two to three years where I've been really noticing these things. But I'll notice myself if I'm in a situation where somebody's really upset and there's an argument. I can start feeling in my body like I want to go have an argument with somebody because of just witnessing or seeing or feeling that energy from somebody else. And I've had to say like, whoa, 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 time out. (laughs) Like, where is this coming from? Is this coming from me? Or is this just something I'm picking up on from somebody else? And as I began to really notice that, I was noticing that I was doing it all the time. All the time, whether it's you know people really happy or people really sad, I was really picking up and attaching to those emotions. So, it, our, our other strengths that highly sensitive people have are noticing nuance and you know not afraid to go really deep with their feelings and um, experiences. So, use that strength to help you kind of notice: Am I getting really attached to this feeling or this emotion? Can I? Rem- you know, still connect with somebody, but from a distance, so I don't feel like I'm taking on the burden or the emotional anguish or the joy that somebody else is going through. Can I feel that in the moment with space and then leave it and leave the conversation? It's um again, the metaphor and the visual that I have is someone is giving me a suitcase to carry, and I can carry it with them for maybe a short period of time. And then when it's time to let go of the suitcase, I let go of it. I don't part the conversation carrying the suitcase. And, you know, eventually suitcases get very heavy. They start to, you know, make your, your arms hurt and your back hurt. So just notice, like, am, do I have a tendency to pick up the suitcase from somebody else and carry that for them? It's not our job. Um, I think we have some responsibility just as human beings to maybe help carry the suitcase for, you know, maybe a mile. But at some point, I need to be able to drop that and also take care of my needs, what I need, so that I can be more effective and then I can be more present with people. But I know that this is a very common trap that a lot of highly sensitive people fall into. And again, it's about balance for me. It's about and, and about noticing. Do I get too sucked in to something to where I feel like I'm actually taking on those feelings or emotions? Or Can I create some space there and be able to be super present in the moment with somebody and then leave the suitcase behind? So another thing that I do and another practice that I have that I developed actually pre-COVID when I was going into my workplace, you know, three, four times a week was understanding how the stimulus around me, especially in the workplace was affecting me and taking more walks and taking more breaks, and noticing when I was feeling really overstimulated, and developing ways that I could be more present, and then also take more breaks um, in between those moments. So i I, be, I I developed actually a habit a number of years ago where I would take a small walk you know, once every hour, once every two hours, just even getting outside into the parking lot for, you know, five or 10 minutes, but making sure to have that space to be able to reconnect and really ground myself and kind of remove myself from that really overstimulating environment has really helped me. And I know as we're transitioning back into the workplace and a lot of us, especially highly sensitive people are probably having anxiety around that because, For me, I've noticed that my ability to get overstimulated has been impacted greatly and lessened greatly since COVID because I've been able to be at home and really control my environment. So I have the lighting, I have the sounds, I have um, the ability to kind of retreat into the bedroom, like I said, for maybe five or 10 minutes to really just kind of decompress. When we go back to the workplace, you know, we're in the workplace, you know, eight, nine hours a day getting overstimulated. Then we got to go into our cars and drive home sometimes in traffic. And it feels like a really, really long day. And so as we transition back into that, I would encourage you to start thinking about what are some things that you can do to take care of yourself? And this applies to anybody, by the way, it's not just highly sensitive people, but being more mindful and intentional around what your body needs and what you need to keep yourself in this effective um, state. So you're not feeling either drained or overstimulated. What are some things that you can do to take more breaks and develop an intentional practice around that? I think as managers and organizations, it's really important to model this behavior. I know working in a a very large enterprise um, tech company for many years, I've been working with many, many um, executives and managers in my career. I, I see it, right? They have a full schedule. You know, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m., I mean back to back to to back-to-back meetings, taking very little breaks, not really taking care of themselves. And to me, I always say you model the behavior you want to see around you. So if people in the office are seeing that you are just overloading your schedule, you have zero time to really take breaks, have conversations, connect with people, they're gonna model those same behaviors. So if you're an executive in an organization and you're highly sensitive, what are some new Practices that you can develop that work for you so that you can take more breaks and have more space so that you can be more effective and set a better example for your teams and the people that work with you. Now, the other practice that I have that I know is vital to me being an effective, you know, person, again, in my community, at the workplace, wherever I need sleep. I am not one of those people who can stay up all night, get maybe two or three hours of sleep, wake up the next day, still, you know, be effective, still have your faculties with you. I am not one of those people. And from things that I've read, I've heard that a lot of highly sensitive people really need a lot more sleep than most people. So honor that. And again, when I said in the beginning, like, I think this has been a road of acceptance and acknowledgement for me, that's been really tough because You know, we don't really celebrate or talk about, at least in a positive way, the need for sleep. We are all doing, doing, doing. We're all going, going, going. We don't say, hey, yeah, no, it's important to get eight or nine hours of sleep. Like, that is a good thing to do. Like, I feel like a lot of times I know I felt like, oh, you know, if I need to sleep eight or nine hours, I feel lazy, or I feel like I should be doing something, or I feel like people think I should be doing something. But really understanding yourself and just accepting there are things that I need to take care of myself. And I know this about myself. And if I need more sleep, I just need to listen to my body and just get more sleep. Because again, for me to be really effective and me to really be my whole self, I need to acknowledge all of it, right? Like I can't go, oh, hey, well, yeah, I'm my whole self, but I know I need sleep, but oh, well, I'm not... I'm not going to do that because I got other better things to do. Um so I think really just acknowledging what it is that you need to be effective and help model that again for others and if you are highly sensitive and that's something that you need, talk about it more. I feel like there's a lot of stigmas out there about what you know is the right, you know, or wrong uh thing to do and what's best, but I feel like it's really up to each person to identify that for themselves and just understand that. And, you know, reach some level of acceptance. Like this is who I am. This is what I need. And I'm going to do my best to control my environment around me so that I make that happen. So for me, it's about, I'm usually in bed pretty early. Like I'm not a late night person. I get up pretty early, but I make sure at a good eight to nine hours sleep every night. And I try to do that and have a routine that supports and enables me to do that. So again, whatever works for you, but I just know from what I've read and people I've talked to, like that tends to be a pretty common trait. So if you don't get a full night's sleep and let's say even let's say over a week you haven't been sleeping very well, you've been getting less sleep than normal, you'll start to notice you like emotionally and mentally just it for me it almost feels like I can't connect. Like there's like disconnect somewhere. <laughs> In my body and i just i literally can't function it's crazy it's like my body shuts down so again i i realize so many things are out of our control but whatever we can do to have a better routine and make sure we are giving ourselves the space and the opportunity to really rest because the resting time is when you can recharge that battery and as a highly sensitive person the most effective thing that you can do is have as fully charged batteries you possibly can At all times. So, what can you do to support that? Another thing that I know that comes up for me, and that's kind of a shadow side to the highly sensitive person, is my nervous system is very sensitive, and that includes my every part of my system. Meaning, my stomach when I get really hungry, it's a really intense feeling, and that um, that term "hangry" definitely applies to me. Like I am again not one of those people who could like, oh, I'm just not going to eat like breakfast, lunch. I mean, I have friends who do that and they're like, yeah, I haven't eaten breakfast or lunch and I'm just going to eat at dinner and that's fine. I mean, when I hear that, I'm like, oh my God, I would seriously go, I I literally go crazy if I don't eat. And the funny part is, is like, I'm not even like super like into food, like food is not necessarily my thing like it's like something i just eat but that would not be i would say one of my vices like i'm not really like a, f- a food person i just eat and but i have this really strong um connection to needing to be um to have food in my system and keeping my blood sugar pretty regulated and for the longest time i actually thought i i went into my doctor's office a few times and i was trying to convince her that i was a diabetic i'm like there's something wrong because when my blood sugar drops i can feel it in my body and it feels almost like i become like crazy like my like something switches in my in my body and i can't turn it off um so for me like how i've noticed like how especially food and sleep affect me i just make sure that i control things as best as i can so i know that every so many hours I need to make sure that I have something in my stomach. I make sure to try and eat a lot of protein. I make sure to try and drink a lot of water. So I know I've been trying to figure out like what is my body need to feel um okay and not like again on one end of the spectrum or the other. I'm not overeating but I'm also not like starving myself. So just really understanding what my body needs and what that balance looks like for me as a highly sensitive person that really makes me as effective and able to use my strengths as much as possible. And again, just accepting it because I can tell you for so many years, it was so frustrating to me to think like, wow, there's all these other people in the world who like don't sleep. They don't eat. They're not affected by any of these things. And why does it affect me? It felt like I was the only person Um, who was going through this because I didn't really know anyone else who had the same kind of reactions that I did. So again, creating this podcast, I want to bring some light and especially from my perspective, like what I've noticed, but also to tell you like if you get hangry, if you feel like you need a lot of sleep, like you're not alone and it's not weird. I've actually. You know, in this journey of discovery, connected with other people who feel exactly the same way that I do. So, if in your small circle of family and friends, you don't see people who are acting or feel the same way you do, that doesn't mean that we're not out there. And, you know, I want to help normalize highly sensitive people as much as possible. And just, I feel like one of the ways that we can do that is by having these kinds of conversations. So, Again, I think at the crux of it, for me, it feels like using that power that you have of being very, having a lot of depth and perception, turn that towards yourself and really get to know yourself completely, like what you need, what is not good for you, how to take care of yourself, how to protect yourself, and how to be mindful of some of these traps that might be a little bit easier for highly sensitive people to fall into with the intention of being more whole, being more capable of connecting and really bringing your strengths and your gifts to the world without making yourself feel like you have to sacrifice so much or that you are giving a lot more than you are getting back in return. So as highly sensitive people, I think it's just really important to be mindful of that and know that there are a lot of great gifts, but There's a lot of things that also come with that, that you need to make sure that you're paying attention to and you're developing practices that take care of yourself that work for you. And what are some of the attributes and strengths that you can bring to a leadership role and how you can show up in a way that is really effective for a highly sensitive personality. So I'm really looking forward to the next, next podcast and I'll catch you guys next week.